Good morning. Are you guys all excited? Yes. yes. Okay, me too. Um, I'm going to go ahead and open up in prayer. Um, dear Heavenly Father, I just, I just thank you for those that are here today. Lord, I thank you that this word is specifically from you to them. And I ask that you would give all of us ears to hear. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone says? Amen. Okay. You can say yeehaw. All right, I might walk around a little bit if I notice anybody dozing off, so I'm just going to give you a fair warning. <laughs> I might call on my kids if I need to do that. Okay, all right. So um, this is actually a pretty happy message, and I promise this is from God. So don't judge me or think that, oh, she's just... Um, I felt like God wanted me to share with you celebrating the small wins. And I'm going to show you where this is proved in the Bible that God wants us to do this. And so sometimes we are experts at celebrating all the, you know, the big victories, the colossal, the gigantic, those things that we've been waiting for and waiting for. And we are really good at celebrating those. But sometimes we're not so good at celebrating the small victories. And so this is not true in the sports world. I don't know if you've ever been to a game where, or a big game or a small game, where everyone in the stands was silent until the end of the game and then they go crazy. Has anybody ever been to a game like that? No. Okay, so all throughout the game, every good play, everything done well, every point, especially if they're close, everyone's going nuts, right? They're celebrating. Yes? Yes? Okay, so recently, um, my, two of my girls are in volleyball. And um, so uh, we went to like a districts game. Yes, I'm talking about, <laughs> she's like, no, no. Anyway, um, so the game was really close, you know, and uh, these guys don't just celebrate at the end. And in fact, they're taught all these little like victory moves and words. I'm not gonna try to do them because she'd be like, oh, please don't do that. <laughs> um, so, but everything done well, Every little, every point, everything done well, they're slapping each other's butts and screaming and doing all these, I'll call them victory moments, where they, they're taught to do this. And um, so this was her senior year, so they've been doing this a long time, and they are experts at celebrating the small win. I'm not kidding. And um, so I want to share with you a story that I heard. Um, don't worry, we're going to get into the word. I know, Pastor Brenda, you're freaking out, right? We, we're going to get into the word, I promise. I want to share a story, um, a story I heard about a father, and his son was like seven or eight, and he joined soccer, and he really wanted to play, and really wanted to be on the team. But the kid was terrified of the ball. So every time the ball would come near him, he would just run the other direction. And the dad was like super embarrassed, right? And he dad would be and he's trying to like motivate and encourage, you know, get in there, get in there. And but it didn't work. Nothing worked until one day the ball just came flying through the air and it just like fell right in front of his son's foot. And so the kid looks around and sees both teams running at him full speed, and he's terrified. And so he just like kicks the ball as hard as he can, amazingly in the right direction, and the team scoops it up for a goal. And so he looks over at his dad, and his dad knows that he only kicked it because he was scared, right? But he just chose to celebrate this win in his kid. And so within about three weeks, the dad um, kind of gives a testimony that his, that his son became like one of the top scorers on the team because of that win being celebrated, even though it was like totally by accident, right? And so there's, there's much purpose, I'm going to prove it in the word, in celebrating these small, these small victories. And so I'm going to challenge everyone 
to become, this is gonna sound cheesy, right? Celebration detectives. And so I was kind of getting the picture of the little magnifying glass that we would be people that would look for things to celebrate. That we wouldn't be people that were kind of like waiting all the time for that big win, you know? But we would look for things every day to celebrate. Like, we would look for things in our husband or in our wife, so let's just say, not my husband, but somebody else's husband, drives him nuts and he does like, I don't know, 20, 20 things wrong all the time. But your husband is like faithful and he works hard and he comes home every day after work. And so you could mention to him that you just appreciate that and celebrate that in him. And so what we celebrate grows. And so we can do this with our kids, and I'm not even going to talk about teenagers right now. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say you should celebrate it in your kids because God's teaching me that. Um, but we can do this in relationships. We can do it in unsaved. Um, a lot of times uh, those that are unsaved, they think that we're like looking down our nose at them and thinking that we have all the fruits of the Spirit mastered and that we're better than. Um, I'm going to share this story uh, I've shared a lot of stories about my mother-in-law when I preach because you can actually learn more from relationships that are a struggle than you can where you just get along great all the time. And um, so God was like, he was like teaching me to find things to celebrate in my mother-in-law. We really didn't see eye to eye on anything and didn't really get along. And um, I know I've shared this story before, but uh, my father-in-law had a stroke and my mother-in-law, after a period of time, just began like really lovingly caring for him. And I felt like God, does he poke you? Like, so I felt like God was like poking me, saying, hey, look at that, you know? And so I've, I wrote a note, because I felt like God was kind of like poking me to do that, um, and just said, I just want to thank you. And um, just honor, celebrating means to give honor. So I want to thank you for being an example to our family about like unselfish love. And so I was just like celebrating this, this lovely thing that I had seen. And I've done that kind of here and there throughout our relationship. And I believe that that note was like a turning point. And our relationship has continued to improve. And I've also continued to do this whenever God like kind of pokes me. Does he poke anybody else? He like kind of pokes me. All right, so what the things that we can celebrate are these things that are found in Philippians 4.8. We're looking for what is true, what is honorable, what is worthy of respect, whatever is right, whatever is pure, Things that are wholesome and lovely, whatsoever brings peace, whatever is admirable. If there is anything of excellence or worthy of praise, so we can look for these things in our husbands. We can look for these things in our, not my wife, but other people, if you have a wife. You can look for these things in your children, um, in relationships at work. Um, it can give you an opportunity to be a witness if you're not like looking for the negative in your unsaved friends or coworkers, but if you're looking for things that you can just celebrate, say, I just really like that about you, you know? Um, I, I just feel like that's a lovely thing about your character. And then it kind of brings you more a little eye to eye so they don't feel like you're looking down at them like you're better than. And so that's what we want to do. We want to look for these things and celebrate them in others and also in what God is doing in us. So sometimes in our spiritual walk, we think we have to wait until we're all the way done, right? Like 
till we have all these things mastered before we can celebrate. But we can actually celebrate our little victories along the way. That God is working on us. He's working with us. We're, we're making small steps of progress. You know, if there's like addictions, you know, you don't have to celebrate when that thing is final and it's completely done. But you can celebrate, hey, this is getting, this is getting better. And God and I are working on this. And so we can celebrate this together. Um, I know like... Paul says, I, you know, I want to do these things, but I don't do these things. Um, but it's okay for us to celebrate the little bits of progress. In fact, God models that in the Bible. And I'm going to show that to you. So what does the Bible say? Um, I'm going to break this part down. This is so cool. I was very excited about this. My, my three little points, they rhyme. Is that not awesome? I didn't even plan it. I was like, woohoo, I'm like a professional. Okay, so... <laughs> So my three points are creation, foundation, and multiplication. And that was totally by accident. Yay! Um, so I'm going to talk about celebrations in the Bible. Did you know that there's, there's actually like a list of them? And they were commanded. They weren't an option. Um, I was shocked. I read this. Numbers 9.13 says, Failure to celebrate resulted in being cut off from their people. So they weren't optional celebrations. They had to celebrate. God required that they would celebrate. Also in Exodus 13.8, and I love this. This is something we can all work on if we have children. It says, on this day, which was the last day of a seven-day celebration, Exodus 13.8 says, on this day, tell your son or your children, I am celebrating what the Lord has done for me. So it was like a look what the Lord has done. So when is the last time, if there's parents in here, when is the last time you like got all your kids together and had root beer floats and said, you know, I just want to celebrate like different things that God has done lately. Um, recently I had, I felt like we were supposed to write this like book of miracles. And I was just talking about it. We haven't actually done it, but I was talking about it with the kids. And I was like, you remember when this happened? And then all the kids started chiming in. And they were like, and you remember when God did this? And you remember when God did this? And it changed the whole day, you know? Because we were celebrating all these, like, crazy things that God, like, crazy rescues. Like, we talked about when Tommy, you know, rolled the truck on the way home from church. And Tommy and Jaden and Mom's three boys were in there. I'll just share the story since I'm already halfway in, right? Um, Jaden was the only one that didn't have a seatbelt on, and his side got crushed. Well, he flew out of his spot. None of them were hurt, not at all, like, not at all. I mean, they went right on to play basketball that season and everything. They didn't have bruises or anything like that, and they were upside down in, in the truck. And um, so we kind of were talking about, you know, different, and, and the kids were like, yeah, and remember this, and remember this. And one time when we went to the Florida Keys, we were camping right on the canal, and Autumn, she was like four or five, snuck out of the tent and fell in. And she didn't know how to swim. And um, so she ended up climbing up onto a boat. And so, you know, these are just things we can celebrate, that God is amazing and incredible. So we, do we do this with our kids? Like, just, you know, get them all together and just really be thinking, like, what can we celebrate? Um, we can think about those big things, like I mentioned, but also what can we celebrate that's, you know, just small victories. Um, like, you know, a certain kid is just doing a lot better with grades or, you know, things like that. We can celebrate these things. Um, so, and we do, we need to pass them on to our children. So God models this in the very first book of the Bible. So um, in Genesis, 
right at the beginning, he says, he says, let there be light, right? Do you know he could have made everything that day? So he didn't have like limited power, like our debit cards. Like when we were trying to buy our plane tickets and they're like, no, you can only use a certain amount a day. It wasn't like God was like that, you know? He didn't have like, okay, you can only use this much power, so you gotta break everything down into six days. God isn't like that. So he could have made it all right there. So what was he trying to teach us? So he said, let there be light, and then he stopped. And he said, this is good, and he celebrated. And then he went on each day, each day, and he said, and this is good, and this is good. Like I said, he could have made everything day one. He doesn't have limited power. And then on the last day, he said, this is very good. So it's okay for us to celebrate the, okay, this is good, even if it's not the very good yet. Um, so how many have... Oh, hang on, I'll, I'll do that in a second. Also, I wanted to mention that the angels, they celebrate every sinner turning to God. Um, Luke 15.10, they don't wait for a massive revival when thousands of people come to God and then they're like, okay, now we can celebrate. They celebrate everyone. Heaven is in constant, constant celebration. And we're supposed to be like heaven here. So God is calling us to live in constant celebration, always looking for those good things that we can celebrate. Um, so I wanted to take a minute and talk about weaknesses. I wanted to know if anybody else in here had them or if it was just me. Just raise your hand if you have any kind of weakness. Okay, everybody look at Tommy because he doesn't have any. <laughs> he didn't raise his hand, so I was looking. Okay, so do you know, um, in my own life, one of my weaknesses, I'm only going to share one because you guys would be here all day, but one of my weaknesses, I can be kind of bossy or sassy with my husband. Everybody go, <gasps> Yeah, so um, do you know just the fact that I'm aware of that is a step? Do you know there was a point in my life where I didn't even know? <laughs> so if you're aware of a weakness, you can celebrate. God is working with me. He's making me aware of things so that I can work on them. And how cool is that? And so, and I've made a little bit more progress. Now I apologize afterwards. I'm like a professional apologizer. Sometimes I apologize through gritted teeth. I'm sorry. But I'm get, am I getting better? Yeah, okay, he's nodding. So, so, um, so anyways, I, I could be like beating myself up because I haven't mastered this area of my life. And I have done that. And so God is teaching me this stuff. I'm not like teaching you because I know all. Um, he is teaching me that we can celebrate the fact that God has now made me aware of this thing that uh, he wants me to work on. Yay! And Tom, yay! And, and then also... Um, <laughs> that even though I haven't been able to totally master it ahead of time a lot of times, but a lot of times afterwards I'll be like, you know, I'm sorry, that was, I was out of line. And, and, so, and so I'm getting there. Yay! And so if you're aware of your weaknesses, yay! And if you're making little steps of progress, it's okay to celebrate. Like I said, heaven is constantly celebrating. They're constantly celebrating. We are supposed to be like heaven. All right, so we talked about creation. My next point here is foundation. Um, so I'm going to have you turn to Ezra 3. So in the book of Ezra, the Israelites are building the temple. 
and they didn't wait until the temple was completed to have a celebration, although they had a grand one at the end, which is in Nehemiah. But they celebrated, they had a large celebration when the foundation was laid. So I'm going to go ahead and read this, uh, Ezra 3.10. When the builders completed the foundation of the Lord's temple, the priests put on their robes and took their places to blow their trumpets. And the Levites, descendants of Asaph, clashed their cymbals where's Aaron, to praise the Lord, just as King David had prescribed. With praise and thanks, they sang songs to the Lord. He is good. His faithful love for Israel endures forever. And then all the people gave a great shout, praising the Lord because the foundation, it wasn't done yet, Hello, it was just the foundation. It wasn't done yet. They weren't worried about the next step. They weren't worried about where the money was going to come from for the completion of. They were just like, the foundation is laid. They were clashing cymbals. They were blowing trumpets. Okay, so, sorry. He is so good. His faithful love for Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout, praising the Lord, because the foundation of the Lord's temple had been laid. And so if you go on to Nehemiah, it talks about when they finish. Uh, I was just reading it this morning because I was just kind of curious, but um, it's cool because they, they had a lot of different things they did for the celebration at the finish, but they had two giant choirs, and they sent one, I won't try to do it, north. <laughs> and they sent one south. <laughs> And so, and they were huge choirs, and it said that they sang and worshiped loudly, and then they came together and they had this great, great celebration. So they celebrated their progress, and then they celebrated their victory. They celebrated, this is good, foundation, good, and then they celebrated, this is very good. And so that's super exciting. I was watching a whole bunch of like success and leadership videos, like, I don't know, like business guys, like business gurus, and they were, um, they were talking about if you want to be successful, then you want to set these huge goals, which everybody's heard, you know, like dream big, write down your goals, all this stuff. But then the next step, they said, was to break them down into like bite-sized pieces or like fragments or phases, and then to celebrate every step along the way. And, and they're talking about this brings confidence in the business world. This is what they would um, recommend. So um, the one guy was saying, if you want to have a business that makes like $500,000 a year, then you want to celebrate your first 100. And I mean, all out celebration. This is good, right? Then you celebrate your first 1,000. This is good, right? And so he's, he was saying that as you celebrate, you're building confidence in what you can do. So we want to celebrate God because then we're building confidence in what? God can do. Good. People are listening. And um, okay, so um, I heard a story about uh, this mentor, and he was um, mentoring athletes, like famous people. Well, they weren't famous yet, but one of them was a basketball player, and he kind of took him under his wing, and he said, he said, you're, you're an amazing basketball player, but I need you to lose 10 pounds. And so here's my number get a hold of me when you get the 10 pounds gone. So, so he gets a hold of him and they, they get together and they just have this all out celebration. You know, they go out and celebrate. And he's, he was like, I'm so proud of you. Now I want you to lose another 10. So this went on six times. 
And so at the end of it, he lost 60 pounds and he asked the mentor, he said, why didn't you just tell me to lose 60 pounds? And he said, you would have been overwhelmed, but I knew if we would celebrate your progress that you would be able to obtain your goal. So, like I said, doing this builds confidence and celebrating what God is doing or what God is doing in us builds confidence in the Lord. All right, my next point is multiplication. And it's found in Matthew 25, 22, and 23. And it's talking about the parable of the talents. And I've heard this story a million times, and I've never noticed the word celebrate in this story. I don't know why, probably because I'm looking for it now. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read that, Matthew 25, 22, and 23. It says, the one who had two talents came forward saying, Master, you entrusted me with two talents, so let's say like two bucks, and I gained two more talents, so now four bucks, right? And the master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, and now I can give you more. I can entrust you with more. But then he says, come and let's celebrate. Everybody say celebrate. Celebrate. Say it like three times. Celebrate. Okay, you were starting to look a little drowsy, so there you go. Anyways, so he said, come and let's celebrate. So this was like a minor two bucks to four bucks, right? So maybe not worthy of a big celebration. However, the master was like, come and let's celebrate. And then after they celebrated, there was increase. Say, after I celebrate, there's increase. Say, after I celebrate the little, there's increase. All right, um, I'm talking too fast, so let me, let me try to slow this way down. <laughs> Are you guys getting it? Are you getting it? Okay, I'm sorry that I'm going too fast. I'm so excited. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, in closing, I want to talk about um, a couple different guys in the Bible. Um, first, I'm going to go ahead and talk about Jonah. He had a super bad attitude, right? But while he was in the belly of the whale, he celebrated. Can you believe that? Amazing that, you know, beforehand, he didn't, he didn't want to honor God. He didn't want to obey. Even when he was on the ship and it was super stormy, he could have been on, hang on, I'll just go ahead and repent now. Don't throw me in the seat. Just hang on. I'll, I'll get it right right now. He could have done that, but he was like, nah, throw me in. Right? So, um, so while he's in the belly of the whale, he starts focusing on the good. I'm just going to wait, pause for a dramatic effect. <laughs> while he was in the belly of the whale, he started focusing on the good. He started talking about how God rescued him. Hello, he's still in the whale. Like, the next step is generally digestion, I think. But anyway, um, he starts celebrating that God that God rescued him and um, so he says but you God brought my life up from the pit and then he says but with shouts of grateful praise yeah. whoa that just blew my mind like where do we where do we have to be for grateful praise like we could be in the belly of a whale 
and find something to celebrate. He was celebrating that God rescued him, but he was still in the belly of a whale. But I mean, I guess he could have got stung by a jellyfish and been done or something. But, you know, the fact that he was still alive, he was looking for, for the good. And, and God wants us to be that way. He wants us to look for the good in whatever our situation, even if it seems like we're in the belly of a whale with shouts of joyful, grateful praise, right? <laughs> How cool is that? Um, so anyway... Um, the next one I want to talk about is Josiah. So he was like one of my favorite, obviously besides David, one of my favorite kings in the Bible. He became king when he was eight. Say eight. Isn't that, that's wild, right? Anybody ever have an eight-year-old? <sighs> Terrifying. So he became king when he was eight. And so they were doing some work on, this was as he was older, they were doing some work on the temple and they found the book of the law and they, they bring it to him and they're reading it to him and he's just horrified because he realizes that they're not doing the things that they're supposed to be doing. Those things that were supposed to be passed down from generation to generation have been lost. And the whole land was full of not just like a little bit of idol worship, but it was covered, like from one end to the other, with idol worship. And I, I've talked about him before because I love it that he just tears down all the false worship, you know. Um, but I hadn't noticed before what I'm going to read to you. It's uh, Second Chronicles 35. 17 and 18. So this is after all the idol worship is like tons of it just demolished and he uses all these super aggressive words that Pastor Brenda loves, right? Yeah. Um, pulverizes. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Um, so he takes out this, this idol worship and then, and then this part I've never noticed. I've always talked about the other part. It says, and all the Israelites present in Jerusalem, celebrated Passover and the festival of unleavened bread for seven days. Never since the time of the prophet Samuel had there been such a celebration. 350 years, I think. I, I almost called Pastor Neil in the night and was like, hey, can you figure out how far ago that was? <laughs> so I was trying to figure it out how many generations there were. And it was hundreds of years this celebration had been lost. So not only did he remove all this false worship, but he restored the commanded celebration. And so I feel like that God wants us to restore celebration in our lives, in our homes, in our families, in our relationships. Um, sometimes these things are just, they're forgotten and lost. And we haven't, maybe they haven't been handed down to us, you know, or I don't know what happens, but somehow we just we get focused on the negative, but God has not called us to do that. Um, he wants us to celebrate. And so I feel like, um, I'm sorry to say, but this is in closing. <laughs> the, the big word in closing. Um, I feel like God wants us to restore like celebration to our lives and um, restore this look what the Lord has done and restore it and and not just us but what we're teaching our children so that this can be a lifestyle and I feel like that it's been lost I feel like it was lost in me I think this message was for me <laughs> do you guys just get the extra um, 
I'm going to read Exodus 13.8 again. It says, On this day, it's going to be today now. On this day, you will say, I am celebrating. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. So, um, yesterday, I was, I was trying to work on my message, and my kids were crying, you know. So I ended up, I was kind of out in my room trying to work on it, and I, and I had to go out, so I was like holding the babies while I was just going over my message. And something really weird happened, so Berenstein Bears was on. And I'm going to share with you what they were talking about, because it's fabulous, and it's exactly what I'm teaching about, and I don't think it was an accident. Um, so the little bear, anybody ever watched Berenstein Bears? Okay. So the little girl bear, she just had like a chewing the nails problem. And she's like, I don't even know how I got to doing this, right? I don't know how I got to doing this, she was telling her mom. And, and the mom, Mama Bear, I don't know what their names are, says, if you do a certain thing long enough, you don't even have to think about it anymore. And I was like, ooh, because I was reading my notes. I wasn't watching cartoons, honestly. I wasn't watching cartoons. But I was like, that's good, right? If you do a certain thing long enough, you don't even have to think about it anymore. And so they put little tape on, on the, you know, the little girl there so, so that she would stop doing that long enough so it wouldn't be a habit anymore. And so she comes home from school and she's like, Mom, I didn't chew my nails all day. Listen to this. This is Mama, Mama Berenstein Bear's words. Good news like that calls for a celebration. Can you believe that? Is that not crazy? <laughs> so, so it was just this little thing, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, God brought me out here to show me, to show me this." Um, so, but I started looking up habits um, because that's what they were talking about in Berenstein Bears, and it says, you know, like 21 days will pretty much master a habit. And so, if we're in a habit of not celebrating, then we need to switch that and get ourselves in this habit of celebrating. And so, I'm going to set forth a challenge, and then we're going to we're going to celebrate. Too. And also, if you have to leave before we celebrate, good news, you're not going to be cut off from your people or anything, right? And so I just, if anybody has to go before we celebrate, I just say blessings on you and, um, and, and celebrate in the car. But I want to challenge everyone, especially in this like holiday season when we're with a lot of um, family, like extended family, sometimes irritating people. Um, <laughs> Not anybody, right? Not me. But um, but we have a lot of opportunities, even like while shopping and, and different things like that. We are around more people, I think, maybe this time of year than any other time of year. And um, so I want to challenge everyone. We, I want to take 21 days. And actually, I want to do it till Christmas, which is a little bit longer, to begin trying to build this habit of us being like heaven, where we're in a constant state of just celebrating. But we have to use that like magnifying glass, and we have to look. Remember what we're looking for is Philippians 4.8. We're looking for things that are true. We're looking for things that are honorable, something that's worthy of respect, whatever is right and pure and wholesome. We're looking in others for things that are lovely, that we can celebrate, even in the unsaved, you know. We can learn things from people. We're not better than anybody. We're just saved, hello. And uh, whatever brings peace, whatever is admirable, if there is anything worthy of excellence or praise. So I want to challenge everyone to take 21 days, um, actually tell Christmas, because I'm asking, but that you would find something every day to celebrate in other people, 
people that God is bringing around you. Just look for things to celebrate. This will give us open doors to just love people and minister and not act like we're better than anybody, you know. And um, also, it's okay to celebrate. This was a big one for me. Uh, we can celebrate our own progress and what God is doing, you know, in us and, and the little steps that we're making. Even if they're little, say even if they're little. Even if they're little. <laughs> so we can celebrate our progress and what God is doing in us. And then, um, and we can celebrate God. Um, sometimes our prayers aren't getting answered the way that we think. Like, let's say you're praying for a uh, some a, a loved one that's not saved and you've been praying and praying and praying and you're like what can I celebrate I don't even see anything I don't see any progress at all but the fact that they're still alive the fact that they're still here oh my goodness means God's still working because if he was done he'd be done they'd be done you know what I mean so the fact that every day thank you God that they're still alive and you're still working they're still alive and you're still working um I'm going to do the altar call a little bit different. I, I'm actually going to ask you to stay in your seats for a little bit. What I want you to do while you're in your seats is just um, think about the things that you want to celebrate the Lord for. I want you to get your magnifying glass out in the spirit and just start searching. Just start searching. God, what can I celebrate? What can I celebrate right now? Like, like what things are you doing? What things are you doing in me? What progress have I seen? Even little bits of progress. And I want you to stay in your seats and we're just going to be quiet for a little bit and just let that build up in you. Like what things we want to celebrate. I mean, maybe the big things, but maybe the little things, you know? Crystal and I were recently talking and I said we've both been saying for like seven or eight years we feel like we're right on the edge of something big I don't know if anybody else has felt that like we're right on the edge of something big and when that thing happens we're going to celebrate <laughs> but God has done so much in that amount of time you know and uh, so let's just do that. Let's just go ahead and get quiet before the Lord. And then when you're ready, when you're, when you're thinking of those things, those, all those wonderful things about God, all those lovely things that he's done and he's doing, just come up and just praise. You know, celebration is to give honor to. Um, it's tied really closely with rejoice and halal and praise. All those words are kind of real, real close, real close. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. 